Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. This podcast is brought to you by GoToMyPC, providing fast, easy, and secure access to your PC from any web browser. Access emails, files, programs, and network resources from home, the road, or anywhere there's an internet connection. Setup takes just minutes. Try it free. Visit gotomypc.com slash stuff. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh. That's Chuck. Chuck Bryant. Josh Clark. Not Brian. I'm Josh. Right. We've got some uh, listener mail claiming that Josh is Brian. Not true. At least they got the spelling of your last name almost correct. Without the T, they, they, I think they use the Y generally. Brian. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so it's not Chuck and Brian. It's Chuck Brian and Josh Clark. Bryant. That's what I said. Sure. Lighten up, that's, that's neither here nor there. No, it's not. What is here and what is there is intercessory prayer. Wow. That's a leap. I like it, though. Do you like that segue? It's like a bull in a china shop. Let's go, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, Chuck, I don't know how you feel about this, but um, there, there there have been studies on prayer, right? Sure. And actually, people who pray, who, who, who um, pray for themselves, for others, but who spend a, a significant amount of time praying, uh, you could also call it meditating. Sure. Um, they actually lead healthier lives. That's did you know this? I did. I read your article. <laughs> okay. A lot of good info in there. Right. Well, let me ask you this, because this is something that uh, I was aware of before I, I wrote this article. Um, and it was really interesting to, uh, to, to see how it's been studied. But I was aware that people have been studying it. But to find, you know, what the methodologies were like and what the results were. Exactly. I mean, were you aware that prayer healed? Is that something that you would have accepted before you read this article? Or Well, you know, I, I grew up uh, in the church, in the Christian church, mm-hmm. and uh, anyone who's who's grown up in church or has been to church like that knows that prayer is very central. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the personal conversation that you have with, uh, with God. Right. And uh, so... Yeah, you're taught from early on that prayer makes a big, big difference. Right, and and it actually does have a a physiological difference. Right, uh, are, is that taught as well, or is this just a happy byproduct? No, it, in my church it wasn't. At least um, they just uh, said to, that that's how you get results. I got you. Okay. Well, speaking of results, there have been studies that have have evaluated people, examined people who pray a lot, and they tend to have lower blood pressure. They have, uh, they live longer. Um, their heart rate is generally uh, uh, slower. Right. They're li- they're a little more laid back right. physiologically than uh, someone who doesn't pray. Um, and there's been some explanations for it. Well, yeah, I know one that I I think makes a big difference is uh, many people who are in fact religious probably tend to lead healthier, cleaner lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Uh, issue things like alcohol and smoking and. Other things that can so lead avoiding to your... prostitutes. That's yeah, a big one. That's a good one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that might have a lot to do with it personally. It definitely does, but um, the, the, we're not the only ones who've thought of that. Other people have as well, and explained it away with that. So, there's right. been follow-up studies that uh, took the, all those factors into account, and they still found that um, people who pray tend to be healthier. True. My my theory is, is that. You're meditating when you pray. You're you're meditating. You're entering a a, a, meditative a, a, state. Tran, a transcendental state, a meditative state. So you're just more relaxed. And right. I think if you do that enough times, your body learns to relax. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what I think. Okay, so there's not a lot of people who are 
I guess, debating whether or not prayer has an effect on the person who's praying. What is really contentious is whether or not praying can have an effect on anyone else or anything else in the universe. Right. And, uh, this is where we get into the real um, sticky yeah, discussion. It is sticky. Are you uh, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I know growing up, as I said, in the Christian uh, faith, they uh, would often uh, tell us if, if a, f- a family member, a distant family member of anyone in the church were sick, sure. uh, they would call upon the church to pray for them. What do they call those things? Prayer lists or? Prayer uh, shout outs requests? Prayer shout outs. I don't, I don't remember. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember to be honest, but they would, a prayer request for people to keep them in their hearts and minds. Sure. Yeah. And you could actually call in and leave like a voicemail and then you get added to the list, right? Nah, no, I don't know anything about that. I'm pretty sure I've seen phone numbers like prayer hotlines. Oh, okay. I kid you not. No, I believe it. Okay, so you've got this congregation praying for this person. Do you uh, do you have any anecdotal uh, evidence, any story of somebody healing from that? Uh, no, I'm sure that that probably happened uh, here and there, but I I don't remember that stuff now. Well, that kind of prayer is called intercessory prayer. You're uh-huh. interceding. On behalf of uh, somebody, maybe asking for them to heal. Right. Hopefully you're not praying for them to die. That could still be considered intercessory prayer. But for the most part, people pray that somebody's going to rebound from an illness or exactly. get over a streak of bad luck or mm-hmm. something like that. It's also called distant prayer uh, because, you know, you're it's not centered on the individual. Right. You're, you're, you're praying out for somebody. Um and these have also been studied. You know, they, there's been some methodologies over the uh, the course of the last couple decades, starting with this guy named Randolph Bird, uh-huh. who's a physician, and he he was the first to create this uh, really groundbreaking landmark study. Right, in the so, late 1980s. I think. Yeah, it was 88, I think, and um, I think he was a cardiac physician. Indeed. He uh, he assembled, I think, 353 different peoples. Um, histories, and he 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 found people who were um, statistically inseparable, right. meaning that they were the same age, uh, they were the same race, they were this, they had the same uh, heart conditions. Mm-hmm. They were on paper, they were one in the same, basically. Right. Uh, and he contacted some groups. I think it was in California where uh, he he got in touch with some different denominations. I think they were all Christian, but he got in touch with Baptists and Presbyterians and Catholics and all that. And they had these groups get together in, in groups of three or four, and these people would have the name of one patient, right? Their condition, yeah. And um, they would pray that the they had a speedy and um, and uh, I think effective recovery, something along those lines, right? And uh, they prayed for them uh, over the course of I don't know uh, several weeks, I believe. Um, and after the uh, after this praying uh, this praying was done. Um, the uh, the the physician Randolph Bird went back and and studied who you know who thrived and who didn't. Right. We should also say there's a control group of people who who weren't prayed for. Right. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what uh, I would have said. Yeah. So uh, he actually found that there was a really significant difference, like a huge difference, actually, between the recoveries of people who were prayed for and those who weren't prayed for. Right. Um. Something like. Uh, Eighty-five percent. Eighty-five percent to compared to seventy-three point one percent. That's 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 enormous statistically speaking. That's that's it huge. Twelve percent is is very big. And the thing is, is there was no one who could explain away what happened. Um, Bird's 
Bird's study has never been basically overturned. Right. Um, they, the people who were praying didn't know the people they were praying for. Uh, the people who were being prayed for were, were, you know, not, they, they, it, there's, there's nothing you can say that says, well, this is what happened. Right. Because that's a huge statistical difference. It is. That got the attention of the scientific community. Of course. Big time. Yeah. So all of a sudden there's like a slew of, uh, of basically follow up studies that used Bird's methodology. This is the most beautiful thing about Randolph Bird, in my opinion. He used the scientific method. He used science to conduct an investigation into something that science doesn't believe in, mm-hmm. which is prayer, right. intercessory prayer. And he, he created the study in such a way that um, it could be modeled. Like he, he said, here's how you do it. Right. And other people have followed the same model. And they have come up with with radically different des- results, basically. Um, a- another pretty big study was the STEP study, right? Which is the uh, study for study of the effects of intercessory prayer. Um, it was a, it was a huge study. It covered six different medical centers across the U.S. Right, and this is f- published in the American Heart Journal. So yeah, so it was a, it was pretty significant. It's bona fide. Um, they they basically broke uh, these groups down into three groups: uh, those who received prayer but weren't aware of it, uh, those who didn't receive any prayer, and those who received prayer but and were aware that they were being prayed for. Exactly. Um, Heart and, patients. Yeah, yeah. So this study, it was like you said, it was it was published in the uh, American Heart Journal, which is a pretty pretty big journal. Uh, as far as they go in in this country, right? right. Um, they found that those who uh, who didn't receive prayer had about the same kind of recovery as those who did. Right. Uh, it was like fifty two percent to fifty one percent, and even worse, those who were aware that they they received prayer uh, actually had the worst results. It was fifty nine percent of them had complications after heart surgery. Right. So this seems to fly in the face of the bird study. Yeah, it does. It's uh, it's it's totally contradictory. It's also pretty counterintuitive too. I mean, how would prayer be harmful? Right. And that's actually one of the reasons why people are investigating prayer, why scientists why it's become kind of a, a niche field of study, because I it's not really if if, if people are praying uh, maybe we should find out if it is, in fact, harmful. You, science shouldn't just be like, yeah, go pray. We don't believe in that, whatever. Right. There should be investigations into it. And and this is kind of startling. 59% of people who are aware they're being prayed for had complications following surgery. That alone warrants investigation right. into it, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that step study was one of a number that have come up with. Nobody's ever come up with the kind of statistical difference that Randolph Bird did. Right. I, I think personally, uh, I'm a bit of a skeptic in life in general. And when I hear about studies like this, it's to me, prayer is something that's hard to quantify statistically. Yeah. Because people pray in different ways. Mm-hmm. People pray for different lengths of time. Um, it just, I'm not sure how you could say that this, this solid group that prayed all prayed exactly the same in the same way mm-hmm. and had the exact same beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to quantify, if you ask it me. It is. Uh, and again, Randolph Bird came the closest to it. He told these people how often to pray, uh, you know, what to say when they're praying. Specifically to pray for. Here's the problem with, with studying prayer, is you can control these groups of people who are praying for these heart patients or whatever as much as you want. But if prayer is real, if prayer does work, right, mm-hmm. 
and you've got somebody else out there praying for this patient, it completely screws up the results. Like the patient itself, were they told not to pray for themselves? I I don't know. I don't I don't know. I, and and how how would you control that? Right. And uh, would you want to control that? Apparently, prayer is the number one alternative medicine in America. Uh, yeah. That tops vitamins and, and herbs, which is like a multi billion dollar industry. Right. Uh, and the best part is prayer is free, of course. Um, but you can't control how much prayer you can't say here's 10 cc's of prayer let's see if it has an effect exactly um and you also can't you can't you can't control other people coming along behind you and saying i'm going to pray for this person right so it's it's very difficult to study and not everybody thinks you should study it right and this then this is uh these are people that are being treated medically as well this is not christian scientists uh who from what I understand, uh, a lot of times don't believe in medicine, and they only believe in the power of prayer. Yeah, to heal. Yeah, no, these were these were uh, people who were being treated through modern medicine and were being prayed for. Right. So you kind of like I don't know. There's different doctors and different levels of experience, mm-hmm. and so that's something you also have to take into consideration as well. You can't say that everyone was getting the exact same care and their whole life history and. Whether or not these people typically recover quicker than others, I mean, there's there's a lot of factors that weigh in here. There are, but you could also make the argument that all those factors would would appear in any study. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, and prayer is just like this extra layer. Um, Smackdown, basically. You just smack me down. Yeah, sorry, Chuck. That's yeah, okay. I tried to do it gently. Um, but like I said, not everybody thinks that we should be studying this, right? And that, right. that falls on both sides. There's obviously um, scientists who are totally skeptical of prayer and think it's a waste of time and funding. Right. But there's also uh, religious uh, religious devotees um, who believe we shouldn't be studying this kind of thing either, that it's folly, um, that you couldn't possibly study something like God. Right. And um, one guy put it that uh, studying heart Conditions studying the power of prayer um, is is basically like asking a composer with I think a quadrillion times the talent of a Beethoven to uh, to compose the notes to three blind mice like we're we're getting so granular here right. that we're missing the big picture right i would love to hear that version of three blind mice i bet it'd be really really good <laughs> it would be too. so yeah ultimately the jury's still out and i don't know personally whether i want it to ever come in i, I think it'd be pretty cool and I, I definitely believe that there are aspects of of us as humans and uh, among the universe that science either can explain under the scientific method or just hasn't figured out the right methodology to apply it. Right. Definitely don't think science explains all and anything science can explain doesn't exist. Right. And uh, since my uh, growing up in the church now here as an adult, my belief is I'm, I'm sort of a to each his own kind of guy now. Sure. If you want to if you want to pray and you feel like it has an effect on uh, you and your family and your loved ones, I say go for it. If uh, you're a skeptic and you don't think that it does, then, you know, don't. Yeah, and, and try to avoid the um, harmful praying, you know, where you're you're actually praying for somebody to, you know, become injured. That's just me. Yeah, and I don't think that, you know, come on. So different strokes for different folks then. Fantastic. Yep, like Gary Coleman. All right, well, uh, coming up, Chuck is going to tell you about an article that um, satisfies a childhood fantasy of his. Indeed it does. All right, Chuck. What's the uh, what's the article then? That, uh, that, hold on. I love this. 
that satisfies a childhood fantasy. Right. It sounds so pervy. <laughs> no, no, it's not at all. It's, uh, could I install a hidden passageway in my home? Awesome. And uh, I think, I don't know, maybe it's a little boy thing, but when I was a little kid, just like hidden passageways and tunnels and all that stuff was just the coolest thing to me. That's Edmonds, right? Edmonds wrote that, Molly Edmonds? Yeah, the great, great writer, Molly. You know, I had a hidden passageway in my house growing up. Did you pull a book down from your library no, to activate no. it? No, it was. We had a, uh, a linen closet, and for some reason the interior of it was painted black. And there was a door at the back of the closet, and it opened up onto the steps going down to the basement, which immediately got you onto the other side of the house. Bring out the gimp. Hide and go seek in my house was awesome. Yeah, I bet. It was very cool. So you can read that one, Could I Install a Hidden Passageway in My Home, and about 500 million other super cool articles on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?